The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Have you ever done that thing where you think that you've just done something awesome and then you check and like the worst possible thing could have happened? Like I just recorded an entire podcast episode and then I realized that I still had the microphone input setting on my computer as the internal microphone instead of my Audio-Technica microphone and it sounded like junk. So I'm starting over and uh, if I have deja vu and I get sidetracked halfway through, it's because I'm recording the same episode twice in a row because I did not check my my settings. So let that be a lesson to you on checking your settings. Okay, so let's start at the actual beginning of this episode now. (laughs) I was talking with a wonderful client earlier today, uh, a new client, And I was telling her that one of the best ways to breathe some life into your characters is if you like hide little nuggets of yourself inside of those characters. And I thought, why don't I do an episode about this? So we're going to talk today about putting parts of yourself into your characters and why you would want to do that. Uh, So the truth is the most authentic characters that we read are based on real people with actual characteristics. And the only way to get real depth in writing is either through adding your personal experience or interviewing people to get insight into the experience you want to write. And I was thinking about what characters can I use as examples of this type of writing? And so for the first one, let's go old school. We'll go back to my former favorite book, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Uh, My new favorite book since like the last, in the last two years, it changed to Star Wars Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, which is amazing. And you should read it. Even if you don't like Star Wars or you don't think you like Star Wars, you should read Lost Stars because it's just perfect selling. Perfect storytelling. Uh, Okay, I'll stop ranting about that book because I want to talk about Pride and Prejudice and the fact that if you think about Jane Austen and the time that she was alive, being a woman was pretty crappy because in the story, we see that Elizabeth Bennet, who's the protagonist, and her sisters are not able to inherit any physical land or funds or anything from their father just because they were born women, which is super lame 
and something that was very real that Jane Austen herself had to deal with. So we see that in Elizabeth Bennet's struggles and uh, the trouble that she's going through, or even in the trouble that we see with the other characters surrounding Elizabeth, uh, this was a sort of a life or death issue because these women would be basically if the dude who inherited their stuff was mean, he could outcast them and they would have no way to buy food, no way to live, none of that stuff. So this, uh, is a problem and you see how complicated things get for Elizabeth with her cousin, Mr. Collins, because he's the one who's going to inherit everything. And he's kind of this idiot, uh, because, which is so smart of Jane Austen to use that because she's saying, look, see, he doesn't even deserve this. He's so dumb, but because he is a man, he automatically gets it. What's up with the system? This is not Okay. And because she went through those struggles herself, Jane Austen, because she witnessed people go through those struggles, it gives Elizabeth Bennet that duplicity, right? That um, dynamic character experience. And because of that, Elizabeth Bennet feels very real to us. And I would argue that that is why she is one of the most well-remembered and well-recognized characters in literature, you know, thousands of years later, or maybe it's hundreds of years. I always do that. It's like 200 years or something. You know what? Google is going to help us with this. I always just want to say thousands of years because I tend to be hyperbolic when I want to prove a point. So Pride and Prejudice, year written. I know it can't be thousands of years. Yeah, see, it's like a little bit over 200 years. January 28th, 1813. So, gotta put my phone back down. Yeah, so sorry for being hyperbolic. I would love it if we had a lot of books from thousands of years ago, but we just don't because things, paper and writing wasn't even a thing in a lot of places in the world. <laughs> I totally got sidetracked by that. But so... You know, hundreds of years later, in a cultural uh, existence that's completely irrelevant to what we experience now as people, Elizabeth Bennet is still a really popular, relatable character. And I believe it is because Jane Austen put all of those expensive words into Elizabeth Bennet that she noticed about her own life and about the lives of the women around her and also the men around her. And she poured all of that into a really realistic book that still resonates with readers over 200 years later. That is awesome. Uh, and I also want to talk about a more modern book, which I talk about a lot because I love it, uh, In the Unlikely Event by Judy Bloom. When I was thinking about this podcast episode, I was like, what modern example can I use aside from, you know, uh, my own character, Olive, in the Desires and Decision series, which is not good. Don't go read it. And uh, <laughs> and so Judy Bloom writes this book about this thing that's like fiction, but it's not fiction because it's based on a real event that in Elizabethtown, New Jersey, three airplanes crashed all really uh, close together time-wise 
you know, just a couple months apart. And then uh, in the book, you see that four airplanes crash, and Judy Bloom was slightly younger than the protagonist of the book, Miri, who's a teenager, but she was able to channel all those real feelings and experiences into Miri's character. And you can also see that uh, as Miri progresses through the, st- the character arc and through the plot of the book, that she goes through all these complicated things. And if you look at Judy Bloom's real life, you can see that it's not just that Miri mirrors things that Judy experienced growing up, but also things that Judy watches her own kids experience uh, now that she is grown up. For example, Miri ends up, uh, well, in the beginning of the book, her dad's not around, right? And she ends up at some point entering into a blended family with kids who are not, like siblings who are not related to her by blood. And Judy Bloom has talked about how, you know, she went through watching her kids experience that with her now husband. And you can tell that all of the things that went into this book are complicated and they feel real because Judy Bloom is using real feelings. And that's something that adds this level of relatability that you can't get with characters that are not well fleshed out. That means like we say fleshed out. That means that you've actually thought about the character, how they feel, their background, all these different things that make them feel real. And that's why, that's why we say fleshed out, right? Like they're like a real flesh and blood person. Obviously they're not, they're characters, but we can base them uh, in realistic people by using our own experiences and the experiences of others to give them that fleshed out feeling. Uh, I also mentioned in the first podcast that got deleted that I was thinking about these things uh, because Judy Bloom took four years to write this book. She spent five years researching for In the Unlikely Event. And in the online forum this week, I've been talking to other writers about how How do we approach the fact that writing is such a long game because it takes years sometimes to get through these projects? And one person was like, well, you just need to write 7,000 words a day. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I have done it before. I don't like writing. I mean, I just, I can't, first of all. And, And another person was like, you don't have to be defensive. Listen, I'm not being defensive. I'm just saying... That is not how everyone writes. We all have different processes. I'm a mom. I work, right? I have my own business aside from writing. And I'm writing. And, you know, I just did like a real estate. Anyways, the point is I don't even like writing that much every day because then it gets to the point where I'm like, I can't really rip myself out of the non-reality I'm making into my normal reality successfully. I just get kind of trapped in the book place. Uh, in the world where I'm writing, and I don't like to do that because it's it doesn't really lend itself to successful family living. I'll say that. Um, so I don't really like writing a ton every day, but I need some kind of thing to celebrate every once in a while when a book is taking me a year to write. Like, I'm working on a really long book right now. For me, long is 75,000 words. I know that you epic fantasy readers and writers out there are like, that's nothing, Kristen, but I would say to you, I disagree because I can put a lot of stuff in 30,000 words, which makes me happy, as I'm sure you can hear in my voice, that I've gotten to the point where I can cut out all the words to get to the good stuff and actually have a fully fleshed out 
cast of characters, a really successful character arc for the protagonist, and a, a complicated plot in 30,000 words. That, that makes me happy. That makes me feel like I'm doing the thing that I should be doing. Uh, so, you know, that's part of writing is we have these long games, but because of that, we get inspired by real life things as we go along. And I think it's fine to incorporate those things into the book. You know, maybe you have to tweak it so that it fits your genre and your trope, but but real things help us. I cannot believe that this is still... That happened in the first time that I recorded the podcast episode where the mail ding thing happened. I just got a notification that my chirp books list is in for today, which, by the way, if you don't know what that is, they're not sponsoring this podcast in any way. But uh, you can see uh, discount audiobooks. So I buy audiobooks on there sometimes because I like books, obviously. And the last character that I wanted to talk about as far as putting parts of yourself into characters uh, was Dawn from Plunge Into Darkness. And if you've read Plunge Into Darkness, I think you might be pretty surprised to find out that the character of Dawn, her story is based on a real story of a real woman whose father used her as a sex slave. And that was one of the things that appealed to me about the story was that it seemed so horrible that it couldn't have happened. But it does happen, and as I, you know, live my life and I've known lots of survivors of sexual abuse and sexual uh, trauma, I can't help but see them as heroes because they've overcome so much. And uh, the, the woman who Dawn is loosely based on, she was able to overcome the fact that her father did that to her, and that's why I felt so compelled, one of the reasons I felt so compelled to uh, use her real life as a basis for a character in this story for this picture that I got, uh, which ended up becoming Plunge Into Darkness. And if you want to read about this real amazing survivor slash hero, uh, you can read about her in Diane Langberg's book, uh, Counseling Survivors of Sexual Abuse, which is a very intense book because... Diane Langberg uses this woman's story. This woman has, uh, she passed away before Diane Langberg wrote this book. But the, the story is like, you know, she weaves the story of this woman through all of this counseling advice so that you can understand what happens inside the brain of someone who has experienced sexual abuse or sexual trauma. Uh, and when I read that, I was like, wow, I could base a character on this and people would never guess that this character is drawn from this real testimony of this woman's life because it just sounds so horrible but wicked things happen we live in a world where evil exists and looking the other way doesn't do anything to stop that evil and that's basically the whole point of the plunge into darkness series especially the first book uh, and, you know, I can't give away too much about this book, but I mean, because I'm still in the process of finishing the second book and then writing the third book for the series. But I will say that I have had people tell me that they can really relate in some ways to Dawn, like even people who haven't been, uh, haven't 
survive sexual abuse in that she is made to be silent and that things are complicated and hard for her. And they they read Dawn as a real person because her character is based in reality. And when you have those relatable things inside of your character, you're going to win the readers over every single time, even if you're writing an unlikable character, which I'm doing an episode about uh, in a couple days. So even if you don't have the most likable character, if they seem real, they will be able to resonate within the reader as a real person. And that creates all these, uh, basically, we know from brain science, right? And I talk about this in Write the Perfect, Read the Fiction edition uh, that I wrote with Maria. We talk about how the brain interprets reading a book as being in the mind of that other person. And if that other character, or, you know, the the main character, and if the character feels real, then that allows your brain to enter into that even more easily. And that's why characters like Miri from In the Unlikely Event by Judy Bloom and Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen get jammed in your brain. That's why they're so memorable. And I can't remember what other thing I... T- I know there's one other point that I talked about in the podcast that got deleted because it was junky that I'm re-recording right now. I cannot remember what it was, though. So maybe I wasn't supposed to talk about it this episode. Let's look at it that way. Oh, I just remembered. So I was... Eh, it's not important. Just there are books you will read now that you will find that impact you as a writer there are books that you have read a long time ago that impacted you as your writer self then. But there are always new characters for you to learn from when you're trying to understand how to make well-fleshed-out, complicated, deep characters based on real experience. And if you use expensive words, even though it's more difficult to write about something that you've experienced yourself because it's more emotionally draining, those expensive words are going to resonate with the reader, and that is what is going to take you from a mm, writer to an awesome writer. And that's why it's important for you to think about these expensive words and to plug little pieces of yourself into these characters because then you know at least that one part of that character is real if you're not going to research. And if you're going to research, Plug those real things that you've researched into the characters because you know there's a real person out there who did these things, who felt that way. And that's how you build a catalog of expensive words. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, You can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.